You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Can you believe we made it to December? This week, we're reflecting on what a year it's been, talking about the very serious equine vet shortage, and sipping on some muddy buffaloes. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Pate. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 119 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey guys. Guys, I sprained my ankle. Oh no. (laughs) Is there a good story? No, it's a pitiful story. Oh, no. It was like the worst way. I went to pick up a new dryer for like my clothes (laughs) and I just stopped at the gas station on my way home and literally got out of my truck. And as soon as my foot hit the ground, I just sprained my ankle. No. No. Like you rolled it? Yeah. Like I was apparently there was a little pothole and I stepped out of the truck. And my truck is lifted. I mean, I'm not going to lie about that. But and <laughs> so I twisted my ankle. Luckily, Matt was in the truck, so he drove home. But I got lots of looks <laughs> at the gas station as I'm like, oh, man. And I'm just like sitting on like, the ground at the gas station. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm like, why can't this be like a fun, like doing stupid stuff with horses story? No, I just stepped out of my truck at the gas station. Can't make it fun. <sighs> no, never. Oh, boy. So you guys doing better than that? (laughs) Much better. Much better. So, Jess, I hear you have a drink for us this week. I do. I do. So a friend of mine sent me what looks like, honestly, like the coolest drink, to be honest. So it's a muddy buffalo. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. It sounds like kind of Christmassy, but like right up my alley. So it is... Buffalo Trace Bourbon Cream, Old Forester, or any kind of like really good bourbon you like. And you basically take equal parts of that and shake it over a layer espresso liqueur and then dust it with some grated cinnamon and a cinnamon stick if you want to be fancy. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of a weird question and also a weird thing, but I feel like. I had this drink in a, a Delta Sky Lounge at an airport. Oh, that maybe. Make, does that make I sense? Like, yeah. Like I it was like a signature this- drink in like the airport. Oh, maybe. But um, it was very good. But it looks it like a, like it looks like a white Russian that I would like, basically. Yeah, I'm really into bourbon cream. Like I don't know if that's a yeah. new thing, but like uh, whoever invented it is genius. But it's great because any kind of liquor cream. (laughs) Yeah. So you can do equal parts and it can be like creamy and like look like almost a latte with a little bit of cinnamon on top, but it's Uh actually mostly bourbon. So it looks really good to me. Yeah. This is a good one. This is an A plus drink. That's what I thought. So I might have to go find the Delta Lounge, but I know. (laughs) I know when I'm going to be there next. I know, random. But I have heard that it's very, very good. So I can't wait to try it. So I had to share it with you guys so we can all try it in the future. Absolutely. So this episode is brought to you by LiveEck. LiveEck is the fastest growing free app for equestrians. With LiveEck, you can find barns, horses, jobs, trainers, events, and more in your area. 
And you can use their advanced filtering on the app, which allows you to filter for results that fit your budget, your writing discipline, and almost any other unique criteria you need. All right, guys, it's time for the news, which is brought to you by the Heels Down Spark, the only daily equestrian newsletter. It's free. You can subscribe by going to bit.ly slash spark by HD. All right, Jess, you got good news for us this week? I do, I do. So Annie Goodwin Rising Grant is a grant that they started after the young rider, um, Annie Goodwin, who was a dear, dear friend of ours that passed away in a tragic accident, in a horse accident. And so they started this grant that wants to provide financial support for a young professional that is establishing early in their years of their business and wanting to continue the education and the competition. So they did this like, hey, who can we go forward with that? It has to be an Aiken-based rider. It has to be someone that's there for a certain period of time. So it can't be somebody that's just visited it. But it's very exciting that Isabel Bosley is the one that got the recipient. She's the recipient for the grant this year. So really congrats to her because so excited for that program to get started for, you know, Aiken's a dear place of in our heart and really excited that young professionals can kind of make their way and this can very much help them. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like, I don't want to say a long time coming, but it's really nice to see this uh, grant program like up and running now. Yeah, because they have to be like, I think that criteria is under 30 years old. So they have to Mm -hmm. be younger professionals that start it. And it's really nice that Aiken is giving back to the community that has made Aiken their home for at least part of the season. And so it's not just somebody that's visited Aiken that has to be there for a period of time. I think it's like three months annually, but that they are saying, look, instead of going to Ocala or Wellington, we really want to give back to the people that are supporting Aiken, which we all truly love. Yeah, no, that's really nice. And encouraging young professionals and the future yeah. sport, which is important. Absolutely. What do you have, Ellie, for us? I just wanted to talk about the amazing Paris commercial. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> have you guys seen it? Please tell me you've seen it. Yes. I have. So- I haven't seen, like, behind the scenes, but I did see the commercial where, like, they were talking and all that. And I was like... It's a lot. I don't know if I saw the whole version, but I definitely saw enough of it that I was like, well, they're they're pushing something for it. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, I, well, I do want to hear all of your all's version of the Olympics. OK, right. OK, <laughs> I'm not sure I can. I'm not sure. Come on. Now. That I will not be doing. No, um, no, I draw I, I draw was... my self humiliation line at that. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I was just glad it was, it was done well. Like the horses are pretty, but it was, it was definitely something in my opinion. (laughs) All right, Ellie, let's hear though. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie and say that I watched the football game on Thanksgiving, but I saw this commercial come up on social media and I was like, Oh my goodness. Because I, to be honest, I I hadn't heard of the rapper Megan the Stallion, but I was like, what a perfect name to showcase some awesome Wait, ponies. What? You've oh, never yeah. heard of Megan the Stallion? Oh, oh, I thought you were about to say that was her name. I was like, yes, that's her name. But I, I was, I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> You've one thousand percent heard of her, Ellie. Yes, I, you have. Okay, so here's an embarrassing thing about me: I really don't listen to music that often, and really? if I do, it's like radio. 
No, and if I do, it's like from like the 80s and 90s. Um, I'm that kind of person. So. I mean, I know you oh, live goodness. on the mountain, but like. That's we don't have a lot of radio stations. Okay? What is happening? <laughs> there is this thing called like all kinds of radio. XM radio, like regular radio, like when on the mountain, you still get radio stations. Also, yeah. like she's pretty, pretty darn famous these days. I feel like. Yeah. I feel- I don't have cable, man. I live in my own isolated world. I don't have cable. I don't have have cable. I have all the streaming network things. Okay, well, fine. I apparently have to do some homework and uh, I feel like we just need to broaden your horizons past the 80s and 90s in music. Okay. Okay, I have another question for Ellie. Have you heard of Taylor Swift? Yes, I'm not. I mean, come on. I did grow up in the 2000s. Okay. Just so. that was an honest question. I didn't. <laughs> and had you heard of her for her music or football? Wait, I only heard of her for music. What was the other thing? <laughs> football lately. She's the football she's involved in the football oh my conversation. Goodness. Oh yeah. No. See, I'm not she, with it. I was gonna <laughs> say. So what we've learned, Jess, is that if we're ever doing like pop culture trivia, do not do Ellie not on your her team. on our team. <laughs> No, I am more like if you have like you need random classic info, like anything to do with like Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand, I got you covered. That but is amazing. It, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like I still can't believe topics. she doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. I still can't believe she knows that she doesn't know that Taylor Swift's dating uh Travis Kelsey. I don't you know pay who- attention to who's dating who. Jeez. I mean it's everywhere. You it is literally you can't not on, see it. You turn on like the daily, like <laughs> the local news and it tells you that. Yeah, it's everywhere. I don't how do you go on Facebook and not yeah. see that? <laughs> I guess I apparently I also follow people that are just apparently in their own little right? world. I just I see more it. stuff it's on so the internet. <laughs> okay, wow. but seriously. So this commercial was so cool it with was. <laughs> all the dressage. So it was actually done at um uh Ashley, I'm not gonna say her name wrong. Ashley Holzer's yeah. place down yes. in Wellington. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And she said it took like three days, but they were like super fast. Like they set up this big like 70 by 20 green screen for them to perform in in her arena because that was like the you know palace of Versailles or whatever in the uh commercial. And then it was her and the five other uh, dressage peeps. And it was just so cool. They did individual movements and it was like all, you know, edited together. And I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but I loved this like gold spray painted helmets, bonnets, bridles. Although like the other part of me is like, what are they going to do with this? Like, I mean, these are nice helmets. These isn't like nice saddlebags. Like, what are they doing with these? But yeah, it was just cool to see like this acknowledgement of dressage for a more wide audience. And I thought it came out just so well. And knowing now that Megan the Stallion is famous, I think that's even better for the equestrian community. (laughs) So amazing. (laughs) I thought they just picked her because of her name. Oh, Ellie. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? That's my embarrassing news of today. What about you, Justine? Oh, uh, hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, 
you know, we've talked about this a few times through the year about like how the quote unquote horse girl aesthetic is like been very mainstream and like very cool in terms of like fashion lately. And it's um, it's always very puzzling to me. And like on like, I don't know, cause me stress because I don't understand it. Like, like, man, these are just using half chaps. Yeah. Or it's just like boots. (laughs) I wear paddock boots to like trudge through the mud, not to like look cool going downtown. You know what I mean? But the horse girl look is just like, we can't get away from it. It's just popular this year, which is good. It's good for our overall, uh, I don't know where we stand in the world, I guess. But there are a couple of horse girl themed holiday gift guides that have come out in like mainstream fashion magazines uh, in recent weeks that I just, we've talked about them a little bit in our Facebook group that I just thought it was worth mentioning here. So Harper's Bazaar, obviously a pretty big one, put out uh, the the more laughable holiday horse girl guide. I mean, the main image of this story is from like a Stella McCartney line and it's literally a naked woman lying completely naked on the back of a horse. And I just can't stop thinking about the horse hair and where it's going. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, so no. I love the part about this though, is because all the, you know, bizarre ones that they've like listed. So the data sport jacket though, I was like, so you have like boots, a jacket, like the Sal McCartney, like embroidered rugby top and stuff. Some mm-hmm. of it's like a bit extreme, but then oh, I'm yeah. like, all of a sudden you have this Dada sports jacket, which I've seen in several stores. Like I saw it in Catherine's store at that ride Echo safe. Oh. And I was like, it's a beautiful jacket. It doesn't look elaborate. And so I'm like, it's funny that like, you How know, did it get shoved Harper, on here? Harper Bazaar decided that like Dada was like extreme. And I'm like, it's a, it is a beautiful, beautiful jacket. Like it's incredible. I was going to say, yeah, it looks very nice. Way it's out so of my nice. price range. Oh but gosh, it is yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but then there's like that a sequin dress. But then it's next to the sequin dress. So, and you're like, so that. <laughs> who's going to wear like, that? Like that's 2700 the data, <laughs> the data sport is like, okay, yeah, it's a $500 jacket. It's beautiful. Like it's that, out of my yeah, price like, range. And it's, but, it nails the style. Like that is more. It realistic of our style what it would be the equestrian style but not the sequin embellished printed mini dress midi dress like for no. three grand no and it looks like something like a toddler would wear you know yeah, it literally like looks Abigail like someone went to like size. google images typed in horse put it on a dress and then added some sequins <laughs> it's so bizarre but i'm like Yikes. so you're talking about like you know, nail the horse girl aesthetic. Like that's what you're going to do. I'm like half of this. Okay. The boots might nail it, but like the dress next to the Donna sport thing is like, you know, they're back to back and that's what just gets me. I'm like, no, that one nailed it. That one is like what my child wants to wear as her princess dress. Yeah. The Harper's Bazaar one is, um, a little bit more stressful to read. Cause you're just like, what? <laughs> like, right. I'm not going to lie. Like why it costs less than some of the items on this list that I would not buy. <laughs> right. But, but, um, <laughs> that's so amazing. There's another one that's a little bit better from New York mag. That was quote, you know, air quotes here written by a horse girl. That is a little bit more like normal. I mean, they have like a, literally a plastic muck tub on this list and like FX leather cleaner, but we'll share these in the, in the, show notes so you guys can have a good laugh but it is uh 
not quite right, but that one's a little bit better, I would say. Like, it's a little bit closer. (laughs) (laughs) So... Shout out to everyone who has donated to us on Patreon. We really appreciate everyone who is making this podcast possible. If you are interested in contributing, go to patreon.com slash heelsdown. So speaking of holiday gift guides, as you all know, we put out our own. So the Heelsdown holiday gift guide dropped last month, and I figured it's just time to like share our roundup of good gifts. Especially after we just talked about the bizarre one. I know, right? (laughs) Like, this is the real horse girl holiday gift guide, okay? Um, Yes. And at the top of that list, I, you know, for me personally, is an Eco Gold Breeze pad. I have one. It's beautiful. It's black with, like, really sharp turquoise piping. And I have the matching thin half pad that goes with it. And no matter where I go, I get a million compliments on it. So what I love about the Breeze pad is... Um, it doesn't matter what type of riding you do, like whether you're a dressage rider or an event rider or a jumper, like th- the style is just so sleek. And I love the thin version of the pad. It's so easy to keep clean. I like the half pad because I love my flip half pad. Don't get me wrong, but the thin one fits better under my dressage saddle. So I like I'm obsessed with the thin breeze half pad for um my dressage saddle now it's just a really nice pad so if you're interested in getting like your like for a set that goes with your colors that you have for your horse they're all customizable now like you could pick out your own colors and it's such a nice like splurge worthy gift for the holidays in my own opinion so for me coming into this winter season i feel like i've stocked up more on the purina replenimash because with the changing of the weather. I mean, we've been 71 day and 30, 40 the next day that we have started doing the Purina replenimash mm-hmm. almost weekly. And so we can add it when the change of the weather happens. We add it to the normal grain. We'll cut the grain back a little bit. And I always just talk to Anna, the nutritionist, if we have any questions of like what we should do, but it is a healthy gastrocentric protein shake for your horse. You can give it by itself. You can add it to the grain. Like you can do it multiple different ways. And a lot of times we just do it as a late night snack. So we make a big, huge tub of it, soak it really well, and then give everybody like a late snack. So we make sure they're getting their water. So that one is a huge huge one for us. And the other one that we love, and we actually did like a personalized one, is that Pinsnickety Chili Pepper Pins. Um, They're so cool. So we did our emblem on them. So instead of using safety pins for your numbers to attach to your pad, obviously the hunters can't do this. They have to wear this on their back. But on any of the show jump or cross country pads that we would pin like with a big safety pin, We've replaced those safety pins with the pinstickety pins, and we did them with our logo. So we have our little emblem on them, and they just pin directly to it, and you don't see the ugly safety pin anymore. You see this cute little pin. I love these. They're so cute. I feel like so cute. I see them more and more now at the horse shows. Well, and you don't have to have your personalized one. Like there's Mm -hmm. like super cute, fun ones, like all kinds of different designs. Catherine, once again at Ride EquiSafe, got us um, so involved in them. We saw them and we're like, this is amazing because we hate seeing safety pins. So Mm -hmm. um, one of our clients, even like we lost one, she put one as like almost like a little pin on her jacket. So it's super cute. So you can kind of put them everywhere. All right. For me, Equi panties. Oh, that's you. (laughs) That's you. 
I knew I knew that was gonna come off your list. Okay, and I know that I don't think their intended purpose was to wear them out and about, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> I used to though. I like them. Yeah, they are they're perfect because I can just take my jeans off after I ride and then go to the grocery store. <laughs> um, that God, it's all about convenience cool. for Ellie. I'm talking about the longer ones. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm clear here. She's not doing uh, the boxer brief ones that are super short. Yeah. Yeah. No, like the, they look like bike shorts. They, yeah. they look like workout yeah. shorts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've been asking Matt uh, for Christmas that I want a Ride IQ subscription so I can continue to keep teaching myself up here alone on the mountain. On the mountain. <laughs> you can, this is like the perfect subscription for you. Because right. it's on the mountain, you can have it, and you can listen to somebody, and they can coach you along the way. Exactly. And I haven't read it yet, but I want to, and it's on my list. Never burn your moving boxes. Mm-hmm. Did you, have you read it? I have, yeah. So this book, it's a novel by Jolyn Young, and it's um, you can find it at horseandriderbooks.com. I wrote a review about it actually in the spark recently. I really loved it. If you're looking like for a quick holiday time read, you know, like get away from family for a couple hours and snuggle up with a book. I think you'll really like it. So Jolyn Young, it's basically a memoir um, of her life of being like working out on serious cattle ranches out West in how she fell in love and got married, but then also um, had to make the tough decision to leave her husband for her children. It, like it's a really um, riveting story and it's her own personal story. I really enjoyed it. And she just paints these beautiful scenes of like being out at these farms out West and um, they're not glamorous. Uh, let me tell you, but it's, it's um, not Yellowstone. No, no, not at all. Um, and she's pretty honest about that, but it's, it, it was, I really enjoyed it. It's probably one of my favorite books I've read this year. So you can find that one at Horse and Rider Books. And so the last item on our holiday gift guide is what we reviewed on the last episode. It's Zero Proof Horse Treats. This is such a fun and easy gift for your barn mates, for your trainer. And they come in such great, fun, cocktail-themed recipes. So the one we picked for our gift guide is Mint Julep, which uh, my horses personally loved. But there are many flavors like an old fashioned and an apple martini. And if uh, from being a Heels Down Happy Hour listener, you actually get a perk if you order. If you use the promo code Heels Down, all one word, when you order at zeroproofhorsetreats.com, you can get free shipping and a free gift. All right, everybody. So I'm really excited for our guest this week. She's actually someone I've known for a very long time. Uh, we showed IEA together, and I was her camp counselor for a while. Her name is Hannah McKee, and she's actually a fourth-year large animal tracking veterinary student at Colorado State with special interests in equine orthopedic surgery, podiatry, and reproduction. She's originally from Connecticut, and Hannah has been working with her horses for the majority of her life. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. We're so excited to have you, and I guess I'll just jump right into it. I think I have a good guess. But what made you specifically want to be an equine vet? Yeah, um, I I was kind of born just wanting to be a veterinarian ever since I can remember. And I always had a love for horses. And it's ironic to be on this podcast today because it's kind of a full circle moment. 
because I always wanted to be involved with horses, but um, I never really got started until we met you and your sister um, because my mom is kind of terrified of horses. And so um, meeting you and learning about horses was able to get me in the industry. And ever since I started, I've been just fallen more in love with them. So um, that's kind of why I wanted to be I'll pat myself on the back a little bit. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And we can only imagine how hard vet school is. Like, two questions. What's the most challenging part and what's the most rewarding part of it? I think the most challenging part for me, it's just the school part. Um, I think especially I did my undergrad in equine science and that was a degree where I was able to be outside all the time and be at the barn and work with horses actively. And vet school is quite the opposite of that. Um, the first two years are eight hours a day in a classroom every single day. And so sitting down, cramming, studying several exams a week, that is the hardest part for me. Um, then the most rewarding part, it's finally coming this year. I'm in my last year of school and I've had the privilege of traveling all across the country on externships, visiting some of the top equine hospitals in the world and meeting some of the top horses in the world that I just never would have even dreamed that I'd be able to meet. And so that's um, helping them has been super rewarding. That's awesome. And you have a large social presence on social media to get other vet students to be interested in becoming horse doctors, which I think is really awesome. What is something you really wish equine owners knew about what it's like to be an equine vet student? Just that there's very few of us and um, we're trying our best <laughs> always. Um, the people who are still interested in being horse doctors are the people who love it the most. And a lot of people will joke around about how expensive vet care is. And I know it's very expensive, but um, none of us are in it for the money and we're all really in it because we, this is what we truly love doing. I think that's a great message, Hannah. And, you know, we've seen many stories in the last year that have published that talk about the shortage we're seeing in terms of DVMs that are want to go into large animal, obviously equine practices, or you see like vets that come out of school and they maybe start in that arena and then switch to small animal. Can you tell us more just about this problem? And obviously, like, I think it's already affecting horse owners in some parts of the country where it's hard to for these practices to keep vets employed, but um, it seems to be a problem that's been identified as like, it's going to get worse if we don't start recruiting more, right? Yeah, um, it's definitely a big growing problem. And I do think that it's a little bit scary. Um, the current statistic that is put out by the American Association of Equine Practitioners, which is like our governing board, is that only 1.3% of graduates are going into equine practice directly. And then there are 4.5% of them that go into equine practice but pursue additional training, such as an internship. However, 50% um, of these group of veterinarians will, within five years, either leave for small animal or quit veterinary medicine in total. Um, so it's the numbers are really scary for what we're going to face in this upcoming shortage and current shortage of equine practitioners. 
So knowing that, like, what can we do as horse owners, I guess, to like raise awareness or is there a message that you're sending, you know, to your, your patients, like the, the horse owners that you're working with? I think just being patient and um, a lot of people, their reasoning for leaving the field, it comes down to two major things, which can be financial limitations that equine practitioners go through, and then also the lack of work-life balance compared to other fields. And I think that the unique part about the equine industry is that a lot of equine vets get really close with their clients and are on like pretty much a friendship basis with a lot of them. And I think that can be hard to develop proper work-life balance because you feel comfortable texting your client or vice versa, your veterinarian. And that can be hard to kind of set boundaries of like, oh, it is my day off or someone else is on call. And there's a lot of other things that go into it. But I think just being aware that this is an issue and then also potentially it could be getting worse. I do worry about things like the financial limitations of veterinarians going out on farm calls. I think that eventually if this problem keeps progressing, it might get a little bit hard to do that and service barns that maybe it's only one horse that you're going out for and it's like a colic or something like that. You want to be able to go to them, but it might start getting harder to go out to the farm and we might have to start trucking into the clinic instead. Jeez, that's scary to think about. Right. Yeah, for sure. And like as someone who, and Hannah and I have talked about this before, but as somebody who lives in a more rural area, I mean, I'm dropping off fecal samples at my vet tomorrow and it takes me an hour and 15 minutes to get to their office. (laughs) So, and there is no one closer. So I think what you're doing is just really important. And you started the Equinection. Would you tell us about that company and your goal and your mission? Yeah. So I just recently launched that company. So it's just in its beginning phases, but the slogan is getting you started in the equine industry one stride at a time. And the idea is basically to provide a network and a resource for people to get started in the equine industry, whether it be um, for veterinary medicine or if people are just interested in getting started with horses in general. I think that a lot of people are interested in working with horses, but just don't know where to start, especially within veterinary medicine. So my goal with this company is to provide a one-stop shop for resources for you to learn what opportunities are in the equine industry, whether it be externships and hospitals for you to visit, podcasts for you to listen to, websites for you to have as a resource in your back pocket, um, internships that are available for undergrads or even high schoolers to get hands-on experience with horses. Um, And so that's what I'm hoping to develop this company into. That's awesome, Hannah. I'm just, I'm so excited to see where you go with this. And I'm just so happy that you are making more horse doctors because I think it's so important. So where can our listeners uh, find you on social media? What's your handle and stuff? Yeah, so I am most active on TikTok, but I also have an Instagram and the handle for both of those is May, but it's just future and then dr. Hannah May. There's no like full doctor or the period. Um, and then as well as that, I have the Equinection, which is 
the Equinection, and that's the handle for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us, Hannah. Thank you so much. For Thank you so me. much. Thank you. So do you have an innovative idea or product that could change the horse industry? The anti-girl boss, inspired by the founder and owner of Heels Down at Eco Gold, Patricia De Silva, is seeking equestrian products and ventures to foster and help grow. Selected partners would have an opportunity to expand their distribution and online presence and take their venture or idea to the next level. We've got all the details on how to apply for this program at heelsdownmag.com. Guys, so I thought it would be worthwhile to talk a little bit about our year and looking ahead. Let's start with 2023, because I was thinking, like, everybody kind of had their own setbacks. Like, Ellie, some of your health stuff and all your rehabbing horses. Like, geez, (laughs) you deserve a good year in 2024. Right. And just with your broken leg. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, everybody had just stuff. So... Ellie, why don't we start with you? Like, how do you handle setbacks? Because they can be financially, emotionally, physically so stressful. And um, also, I think like with rehabbing the horses, that's so relatable, at least to me, you know, like I, (laughs) I get it. But it's there are lots of highs and lows in that, right? So do you have any words of wisdom having lived through all this? Like, how do you keep going and try to keep your goals on track? Oh, boy. Um, well, so I'm still in the Batman is is through the tunnel. But like, I'm still nervous now all the time that he's going to re injure himself. So I'm hoping that eventually that fear will go away. I did just increase his pasture size again, a little bit like another like 20 by 20 feet. Um, this past weekend, because I'm like slowly inching yeah, him but up. That's huge. That's <laughs> yeah, great. That yeah. is a big deal. They've told me he's good. Just be slow about increasing it. But it's mostly me being afraid. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, at this point, um, but I'm still, you know, in the midst of it with Berkeley. He'll he'll be up to trotting uh, by January. But I think the biggest thing when crap happens is to and Matt and I were actually just talking about this the other day because he's very much like let it roll off your shoulders and I'm not one of those people like I'm one of those people where if for example when I sprained my ankle I sat there and I cried and I swore (laughs) and and then I was like okay now I'm fine now I can move on so I mean I think it's fine to have like I think it's important to just like vent your emotions um, and the nice thing about living in seclusion on the top of a mountain, I vent it quite frequently because <laughs> I'm like, I got no neighbors to hear me. Um, but I think, yeah. And then just to stay positive about it, because, you know, they are horses. Like every time I bring Brickley in these days, he will turn and spin and spook. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not going to be able to stop this from happening. So just kind of going to go with the flow, but, and then, and just think about like what you can do in the future. Like obviously Batman will never go back to reigning, which is super sad because he's the horse I learned to rein on and I really love doing it with him, but that's okay. Like I've been thinking about like new adventures for us to do together. Like I'm going to plan next summer to take him to Lake Ontario and just like ride him on the beach of the lake there. Aww. Um, 
Yeah, because I was like, he loves water. Like, that would be fun. And it's flat. So I don't have to worry about him, like, slipping on a hill <laughs> or anything like that. So I think, like, you know, it's okay. I mean, it's unfortunate when your goals aren't as big as they were before rehab. But I think it's great to make those little ones, you know. I mean, obviously, with me, I'm not the rider I was back in 2022 before all my uh, bull crap. Um, but that's okay. I've, I've, you know, you've got to just, once you do your swear and your vent and your cry, then you move on and you make new goals. And I think that's, you just got to be flexible. I yeah. Guess. And your be goals my, can, uh, you have to be okay to change your goals. Yeah. And your goals can be really small. Like I don't want to yeah. fall off today. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to make it from point A to point B. <laughs> oh, I sent Justine a picture of the butt dirt angel that I made in the yes, arena. she did. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, just because Berkeley spooked and I just slipped off the side and he just stood there and looked at me, but I was like, gosh darn. <laughs> but, oh God. What about you guys? Yeah, what about you, Jess? So for me, I just try to like, you know, take the small step sometimes, like go about it and say, look, I understand that this isn't what my season was supposed to look like. Like I was supposed to bring my young horse back out, you know, for the first time out and do his whole season. And instead I, you know, had to reroute my plan. And I feel like kids have kind of helped me do that of changing my plans a bit more, but sure. realizing that I can be a little bit more flexible than I've always been like, okay, we have to do this and this and this, cause I'm such a planner. So it's quite hard when you're like, no, the plan isn't like, no, you're going to actually be off for 10 weeks. Cause you have a broken leg. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, that's kind of a hard reality set in, but I think in the end, you kind of just have to be happy with the process sometimes too, and know that you're still in the process. So when setbacks happen, I just then take what my main goal was and then make them small goals and be like, okay, look, yeah, that's still my goal, but it might not be in June. It might be in 2025. I don't know, but I've got to then set myself realistic goals for what's happening right now in my life. And so I do a lot of like realistic goals and like, what can I realistically handle on my plate and go from there? Because maybe it's not even a physical limitation. It might be just a conflict of schedule and mental. Like it might be all of the above that I can't get there as fast as I thought I was going to. Sure. I mean, all that makes sense. What about you? Yeah. What about oh, you? God. Um, yeah, I mean, this year was hard. Like, I remember being this time last year, like g flying to LA for to see family for Christmas and just feeling like everything was awful because Mikey had just retorn his ligament and like all that money and hard work going into his rehab was just like gone in an instant, right? Like, it's just you start all over and it was the worst feeling ever. So what did I do? I came home and I bought another damn horse and I don't <laughs> recommend that. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was this blessing in disguise for me that when I, you know, I could afford it and I had that opportunity and it was limited, right? Like I built, I planned for it. I built myself the financial runway to care for two horses through the end of this year, knowing that I couldn't do it forever. And, 
Um, I'm very lucky that it all worked out and why it was a great distraction from my bigger problems, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> now Wyatt is gone. And I will say like the moment he got on the trailer and left, like the weight of all that returned and it sucks, you know, like I feel just how I did in 2022 when Mikey originally injured himself and, um, like that dread comes right back and it's, it, it's terrible. I like, I do not wish a ligament injury like this on anybody. I know it's, it's almost a traumatic experience. It's hard to describe because it's just, it feels like it's never ending, you know? And I, it's, it's like raw and emotional for me right now. So that's why I have nothing good to say, but, um, you know, I, and I still don't know, I don't know what the future will look like for this horse, but I try to, what this experience taught me is that, like you said, just like, you gotta just take it day by day. Cause yeah. ev everything else is out of my control and it's very overwhelming if I think about it bigger than that. And, and it's not productive to do that. Cause all it does is just get me upset and worried and, and changes nothing, you know? Right. So, so Knock on wood, as of right now, the horse is sound. He's just feral and, like, <laughs> constantly trying to kill me. Like, I'm not even kidding you. It's insane. So, like, and the vet doesn't want me to lunge him because we don't really need that torque yet on the smaller circle on the leg. And yeah, I called, I called the vet again today and was like, listen, uh, I either need to be able to lunge this jerk or, like, he's going back on drugs, you know, because, like, we're not getting okay. anywhere. I mean, that's the thing is like some part of us, like we do that, we're serping, that's a long acting one and yeah. it just makes them, it's hard for them to sit in a stall. So it helps their mind to settle because they're so used to being active. Right. So mine has turned out like Ellie's, like he's got a small turnout and that has made a world of difference, but it's been a year and a half since he's been in real work and but they start I, to go crazy with that. You know, that even becomes boring to them. Yeah, sometimes. Batman is like his brain's like a little fried. Like yeah. I'm just trying to think of new things for him to do because his cribbing's gotten worse. He just uh -huh, like uh -huh. it's just it fries their mind. It doesn't even matter like if they're getting turned out sometimes. Like it's not good enough for them sometimes because they're such active athletes and depending on how much work they were in before and how much fitness they were in before it plays a part of it, you know, sometimes, sometimes right, you have definitely. the fat cows that don't really care if they sit in the stall for three days. They're like, or three, six, three years, 10 years, whatever. <laughs> They're like, Oh, we're happy. You gave us more hay today. <laughs> like they don't. Care. Right. No. Yeah. And, and mine is definitely happier that he's turned out and he's got yeah. a little bit more socialization with neighbors and stuff, but the work is the problem. The, work's the problem. Yeah. So, cause it's just been so long and now he's, finally like strong enough and has like a very minimal amount of fitness that it's like, it's time to walk truck canter. And, um, like I'm going to die guys. Like yeah. I, I feel like I'm pretty brave for an amateur. Like I ride some yahoos plenty of times and you know, and I, um, my own is going to be the one that's going to hurt me, man. <laughs> so, right. Um, I just, I'm at a loss of like how to go forward. And the problem is it's, it's because it's mine. It's because it's Mikey. Every, every decision I make, I second guess and it's emotional and I'm very afraid of the consequences of making the wrong decision, you know? Cause yeah. I, I think I just have to be brave and go, God damn it, go forward. You know, when he's giving me attitude, but I'm just afraid that I don't have 
I'm afraid of losing control, like less about me getting hurt, but him jumping in the air, landing on that leg, knock or knocking me off and then running away and and hurting that leg. You know what I mean? And I just don't, I don't know. So I have a horsemanship person that's like coming to help me because I just think I need somebody to kind of like yell at me to get through some of this and what. We've been doing a lot of groundwork, but he's also wild on the groundwork stuff too. So I'm, so everything sucks right now. Like I feel like I'm, I'm crawled back into that setback hole that I felt like I was in before I had Wyatt to distract me with other goals. So it feels very fresh right now, but I did it before. I will do it again. I will find a way to get Mikey out of this. Like I'm still positive. It just, this week sucks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So knowing that, what are your guys' goals for next year, Ellie? Like, what do you want out of next year? Oh, boy. I want everyone to uh, be happy, healthy, and sound. (laughs) That is is my goal. No, my big thing is, like, I want my horses to be back out on their pasture. Because, like, Berkeley and Batman, like, they've always been out in a herd. And, like, running and bucking and farting. And that's what I really want. Like, I miss not like looking out my window and seeing them in these tiny paddocks when they should be out running and rolling and, you know, sleeping in a group. Like I miss that. So like, that's a big goal for me is like, I'm hoping that Berkeley's rehab will, cause he went lame what in March. So I'm hoping that maybe by March, like after a year, maybe it'll be, you know, a little bit quicker um, than Batman's cause Batman's was just so, uh, it was high on the grade scale. It was almost a grade three, you know? So I'm just hoping that that, that is my goal for them to just be able to like be horses. Um, and then I guess my goal, like for myself is like, I would really like to get to a point where I feel comfortable in the saddle again to do a course. I don't care if it's literally a course of poles. I want to be able to do that again. And Granted, um, Berkeley is the only, well, I have the, the free horse, I guess she jumps too, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've never jumped her. So I don't know. My mom has though. So she could probably help me out. Aww. But, um, I think like, that's my goal. Like, I just want to go to like, like a little schooling show and just go around a course. And I don't care if it literally takes me five minutes to do something like eight jumps. I don't care. Like, I just want to like be able to do that. But like high goal is this place like 30 minutes away from me has this cross country um, course. And I really want to be able to take Berkeley to that. So, I mean, I don't think that'll be a 2024 goal, but that is my, uh, my goal. Super fun. Yeah. yeah. Cause Berkeley love doing that stuff. Like we used to go on like paces and stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like I definitely don't feel comfortable right now in my own like uh, body, body yeah, to go to go do cross country. Like I'm going to stick to like level flat ground first, but yeah, that's, that's my goal. And just to like, try to figure out to make more freaking time to actually do stuff on a horse's back. I feel like my schedule has gotten so out of whack where I spend more time cleaning up after them and trying to fix things they've broken and, um, you know, dealing with vet appointments and everything. And I just, I'd like to have some time to just like, ride my horse and just have that free time. So hopefully when it gets warmer and stuff again, that, uh, that's the goal. That's what about great, you guys? Though. 
So for me, my goal is I was supposed to compete my little horse, uh, the little five-year-old that I we bought as a wean lane. I was supposed to compete him this past year, and he's kind of squirrely, and Doug ended up taking him in the meters and everything. Well, started him and then took him up to the meters. So I'm hoping that I can compete him this spring and stuff and kind of get used to him. But he, um, I've been riding him and jumping him a little bit, so it's great. So that is definitely like my near goal and then kind of see where he's going to take it and stuff because he's super exciting and he's totally my type so that'll be fun justine what about you um hopefully get mikey sound insane like the two things coexisting at the same time um would be great that's really it you know i think like in my dreams like maybe go back to some dressage shows, you know, um, cause I don't think jumping will be in his future anymore. And my goal is to try not to buy another one because I've, I've been on, I've almost done it a couple of times <laughs> yeah. already. And I'm like, if you figure like, out I don't need to, to stop that urge, let me know. Cause, um, <laughs> I'm up to a, a high number now. And, uh, yeah. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> so the one that I shared on my Facebook that you commented on, I went and tried it. <laughs> so like, I'm getting like dangerously close sometimes. Oh my what goodness. am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> Cause I just, I've got to see, I need an answer on Mikey. Like I've just got to see it through before I recalibrate and, you know, change plans. So I am committed to that and, um, I'm going to be brave and figure it out. Um, and, or we're going to live a better life through chemistry and drugs for a while. I don't know. Like, but I am hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful that the 2024 is like, we figure out a a more permanent solution for Mikey, whether it's a job or no job, you know? So, and what comes of that, we will, we will see, but for horses in general it's an olympic year it's exciting like well i think we'll have plenty to talk about on the podcast next year oh yeah lots of fun stuff coming so tis the season to raise a glass with your best friend as the holiday season approaches what better way to celebrate your equine companion than with a festive treat introducing zero proof horse treats the only horse treat on the market flavored to mimic your favorite cocktails and they're available in delightful flavors like apple martini, mint julep, and the classic old fashioned. Like we mentioned earlier in our gift guide session, if um, you buy horse treats from Zero Proof at their website, zeroproofhorsetreats.com, you can use our special promo code HEELSDOWN, all one word, for free shipping and a free gift. All right, guys, it's time for Rose and Thorne. Who wants to go first? I can go first. So um, my rose, I'll start with that first, is that we have been so fortunate after such a crazy show season that we've been able to take some downtime. And first off, thankful for everybody that has made that possible with our whole team that goes about it because we went actually kid-free to go be there and celebrate one of my best friend's marriage uh, to her partner and it was the prettiest, most amazing wedding. And I know you say that about all the weddings, but we went to Casa de Campo in the Dominican for Rebecca and Alan's wedding. And it was everything. He's from the Dominican. So a lot of his family was there. He's a big time polo player. 
and she um, does hit air and she actually is a successful show jumper as well. But it was just so fun to be with a lot of friends and family and it was incredible. And so we did that. And then now next week we're off to, or this week we're off to go to Jackson Hole and go skiing with my brother and father. So we can't wait. So it's just craziness. And then my thorn is that in the middle of all this, before both of the trips, but far enough before them, thankfully, between them, our kids have timed it perfectly, that they've both gotten the stomach bug that Uh. the first years of schools have brought. So, I mean, I do have to give them credit. They did it like four days before the Dominican trip. And then five days before the Jackson Hole trip. So I'm like, wow, you guys have great timing, but it's the first time our kids have ever had the throw up bug. And it's so gross. It's so gross. (laughs) So that is, uh, I think everybody's thorn. That's anybody near me because it is, it's a lot, but they're on the rebound now and everything's good, but it's definitely been, not fun. Yeah. I'm not a vomit fan. Never have been. <laughs> Hudson did his in like the gas station, which was really bad. <laughs> oh, no. And he was Poor with guy. Doug. We didn't know he had gotten it yet. And they just ran to like the local little gas station. And he's never thrown up before. He's five years old. So poor thing is like never really vomited. And he like catches it. And like Doug has to like... <laughs> It's so bad. Like Doug comes back and he's like, oh, we have a problem. I'm on the phone, like doing a bunch of things. And he's like, is this important? I'm like, I can wrap it up, but kind of. And he's like, okay. And I'm like working and all this. And he's like, yeah, it's in puked at the gas station. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, great. I was like, well, man, okay, well, we'll take care of it. So poor dude. Oh man. I'm a sympathetic vomiter. So, oh no, yeah, <laughs> oh no, yeah, it's so bad. Like, I remember growing up, my sister one time, like, she felt sick, so my mom gave her a bag or whatever. She forgot to give me a bag, so my sister puked in the bag, and then I puked in my hands, and I'm just holding puke in my hands because my sister puked. Yeah, I'm not, no, I have like vomit PTSD, not a fan. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> God. Well, I hope she. I hope you don't like puke because you talk about it too. Because I like no. you're really bad having this conversation. No, I have to you. see it. So, like in college and oh, stuff, good. I could never be around. <laughs> I could never be that supportive friend that holds your hair when you're drunk. I can't do it because I will end up puking on you. So, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the one who's like on the other side of the door, like, okay, let me know if you need some tissues. <laughs> oh, <my gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh gosh. All right, Ellie, what do you got? Oh boy. Um, so I'll start with my thorn because I'm kind of well, I'm bummed about it. Um, my my dog Brave, my snaggletooth one, she had some like weird lesions on the roof of her mouth. So she was due to get like a dental exam anyway and like get her teeth cleaned. So they just did like a a cult or a biopsy of it while she was in there. So obviously I was super concerned and it's not cancer, which is great, but she actually has enocephilic rich stomatosis type something like that. But it's actually, I guess it's common in cats and King Charles Cavaliers. 
But it's mm. an, get this, it's an autoimmune disease. I'm like, do, oh, I think no. it, do I think it's a little ironic that an autoimmune person would have an autoimmune pet? A I feel bit. like that fits right in there. <laughs> a little bit. Um, so now she's on drugs. She's on immune compromising drugs. So, I mean, she's like, she's in great spirits. Like it's not, you know, affecting her or anything, which is awesome. She's just like finished her round of like steroids to see if we can get the lesions to completely go away. Um, but it just sucks. And it's scary right now with the whole like doggy COVID thing going around, which I don't know if it's hit down by you guys yet. Um, it's mostly out like West and stuff. It's just like yeah. this, this upper respiratory that's like not responding to any real treatments and it's not, you know, kennel cough and it's not, you know, the flu. So it's just, uh, just kind of scary. So I'm extra glad once again for my seclusion on the mountain. Um, so Brave's not getting in with dogs now that she's on these, um, you know, drugs that are affecting her immune system. Um, so that would be my thorn, but my rose is that Berkeley is really surprising me with how well he's doing with his rehab. Um, I like Justine thought he would be really feral. Um, and I was a little afraid and he might be cause we're not trotting yet. So when it comes time to trot, it might be some like dramatic head flips, um, things like that. Um, but I'm really happy that he's just being such a steady Eddie about it. Like I, Again, don't recommend this um, for rehab, but I've been riding him bareback in a halter and lead rope, which is probably why I slid off the side. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, he's just been so chill and the weather's been so terrible here, like crazy winds. And he's just like been like literally plow horse walking around. Like my, I get off of him and my legs are sore from making him walk with purpose. Um, so I'm just happy he's like being so chill about it. Um, I don't know if it'll stay that way, especially once he like starts getting a top line and stuff again, but I'm happy that he's being so far so chill about it. He was not chill when the paddock was much smaller. So they told me not to make it bigger, but I did because he just like, he doesn't do anything stupid outside. He just, he needs more room. He's a big guy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. I do stuff my vet would have a heart attack if he knew I was doing it. Right. Yeah. Well, you like, have to do what's right for the horse, you know? Like but that's, we're, ta- we're taking the risk by doing that, you know? Yeah. So. But it's like my horse, he didn't feel comfortable rolling outside in like a, a 12 by 12. You know, he wasn't comfortable. So, yeah. So, I mean, he's you got to. boy. He is a, he's a good egg and he loves winter. Like it's his favorite because there's no bugs. He's a big, he does not like bugs. <laughs> so he, I literally look out and all day he's just sleeping. I'm like, okay, he's just cocked. But yeah, so he, he's my rose for sure this week. What about you, Justine? Oh man. Well, uh, Mikey is 1000% my thorn. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh my God. He's like, it's unreasonable. It's just like insane that he, I, I, it's literally like starting all over with an unbroke three-year-old. I've just, I am just sh- like, I'm still in shock by it. I think because it's not like he hasn't been doing anything this whole time. Like while I've been riding Wyatt, he's still, I was still doing rehab rides with Mikey, but all of a sudden he's just decided like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, nah, I'm clocking out. I'm not interested in doing this anymore. 
So then, of course, you know, with that kind of drastic change, I had the vet out just to make sure that it's not a pain response. Like, did something happen, you know, that I not showing any obvious signs? And the vet was like, he is the most sound he's ever been. Like, you've got to like the vet was like, just get him over this hump is what how he described it. And I'm like, okay, Um, feeling himself. Yeah, I feel like he has like. The, like finally just a little bit amount of fitness and he feels the best he's felt in his body, you know? So now he's just like, screw you, man. You know? Um, so I, it, so it's stressful because I, I feel like I've had a lot of not successful workouts with him in the last couple of weeks. Like he is moody and explosive and throws tantrums and, um, whether I'm on his back or like we, I've started trying to long line him and just trying to get him like focused on me and like, but he just like, I understand why parents ship their kids away to boarding school now. Like <laughs> I want to do that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like goodbye to come back. You're reformed. <laughs> that is amazing. That is how I feel right now. <laughs> like, I don't want to see you until you can like be respectful. You jerk. Um, so, but I will get through it. We'll figure it out. Um, but the positive side of that is that he's feeling that confident in his body. Like, yeah, feeling he's very comfortable. Sound. I'm not going to lie. So last week he got away from me and ran around like a total lunatic. And I'm, you know, my heart just sinks and I'm watching oh, him. Yeah. And um, he's already, he's done this a few times. He's ran away with my saddle and rolled in it and done all kinds of, so, but I'm watching him run away neighing like an idiot for anybody with his <laughs> tail flagged and i'm like no one cares about you mikey like I'm, he's literally in a cow field all the cows are like we don't care about you and um, <laughs> and so then he slides to a stop in front of the pasture gate and i'm like this is it he tore it again um i just want to open the gate and like never see him again like goodbye just leave my life and Brought him in, obviously, I cold hosed ice, butte him, and then, I, you know, it's kind of, with the ligament injury, it's like the next day that really it sets in, you know? So I put him in a stall and went the next morning and was like, all right, he's not going to be weight-bearing. Like, it's going to be blown up. It's over. And that, like, I can't say the curse words I want to call him. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally effing sound the next day and just, like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, like totally fine, totally sound, has not taken a unsound step since that day. And I'm just like, God, you a hole, you know? Um, well, right. I will figure it out, but it's, um, he's like pressing my buttons. I just don't think, I just think he doesn't want to go back to work, you know? I just really think he's like, I have had a year and a half of doing very minimal work and you just feed me. So why don't we like keep doing that? You know, oh, sigh. Anyways, my rose though is um, Alex and I just booked a trip. He has to go to Wyoming for work in January, and I'm like, nice, cold, um, but also beautiful. So we're gonna we tacked on a little um, vacation to Jackson Hole. Oh, uh, I know. I'm very excited. So normally we try to do a ski trip with my family every year. My dad's a big skier, but, um, this year they're taking a break. So we're like, Oh man, we got no ski trip this year, but psych. Now you do. Now we do. And it's nice when we can tie it to a work trip for Alex because it just makes it a little bit cheaper for us. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. If you see Buffalo, 
take I know. I and also, home. wild horses. I feel like you're kind of yep. like out where the wild horses are. So I, if anybody listening has like any insight on how to do that, because he will be working for several days. So I'll be on my own a little bit. There's so um, much to do out there. It's so fun. And I know, like, obviously we're very close to Yellowstone, but I'm, um, I feel slightly guilty because it's, we're probably not going to go there. Like the way you would have to drive to get in and then the, it's think, almost the impossible. Yeah. yeah with but the you pass. Can, with so. Jackson and stuff, like the town itself is like super cute and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you can like Teton's different from Jackson. So like you can go into Teton village you can drive over to Grand Tarhe too. Like there's a lot of stuff to just like drive and see. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm really excited. So if anybody has tips, you've been there and want to share, send them. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. All right, guys. So we have a mailbag this week that feels up Ellie's alley, but also Jess, I'm curious about how your program handles it. What's the best way that you guys store hay for the winter? Like, I just don't buy hay in enough quantities that it matters. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not like I buy all my hay and stock up for the winter. So, do you guys, like, Ellie, how do you do it? I know you obviously bale your own hay, too. Yeah. So, I I don't store it any differently in the winter than I do in the summer. We have a hay barn that's three-sided, and we keep the tractor in the front, and we go out there every day. But uh, the back of it, we have just... Like, um, I want to say they're two by sixes, um, but they have little cracks in them because the biggest thing is just making sure that it gets a breeze or some kind of air movement. Um, that's what's going to help with your mold. And especially when you've got, you know, a cold roof and then a wet roof, um, if with condensation and stuff, um, having that airflow is what's going to help your hay. So that, and then we store ours on on pallets, like wood pallets. So nothing is ever on the ground of my barn, like on my mats and nothing is ever on the ground outside. Cause that's just, you're going to soak up moisture. Um, so that, that is what we do. We just try to keep it dry and we steam hay depending on how good the hay year is and stuff too. But yeah, that would be my best advice would be just making sure it's in a place where it's got good airflow. Got it. Good advice. Yeah, what I about you, Jess? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like, honestly, everything Ellie said was like spot on because we like store it in the same thing, a three-sided building with tractors in front. And um, I think, yeah, she like hit everything. That's kind of our go-to way to store it. We don't do anything different. They're all on pallets. Got it. All right. Well, if you uh, want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heelstown Spark. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash sparkbyhd. And if you have a question for us and you want us to answer it on the air, you could always send us an email. Our email address is hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or you should consider joining our Facebook group, which is the Heelstown Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. We want to say thank you to all of our partners this week, Zero Proof Horse Treats and Live Eck. That's a wrap, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.